Hey everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast, this time being recorded live and direct across two continents with the Atlantic Ocean in the middle. First of all though, Graham, how are you buddy? I'm very good, thank you mate. Uh, two continents, it makes a nice change not to just be incontinence on this podcast. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Uh, <laughs> I'm really pleased actually because the person joining us today um, was an early and on-board friend of ours as we joined up with Instagram and I, I want to give him a proper introduction um, <clears throat> because he's got such an awesome name. It's Corey Corey Cannon. Corey, how you doing, mate? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? All good. All good. It's great to have you on here, mate. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's good to have somebody uh, from the Americas. Actually, you'll be our first American guest, I do believe. Uh, we've had uh, an English guest and a Welsh guest who lives in Tokyo. Uh, oh, so, yeah. you know, we're ticking off the continents one by one and uh, glad to have you on board. Take a few minutes or so to introduce yourself. Sure. I uh, My name is Corey Cannon, as Graham already told you guys, and I live in North Carolina, which is in America. Uh, and I found these guys on Instagram with the podcast, and somehow I ended up being here. Um, <laughs> you and it's great. It. <laughs> so people know you better uh, from our conversations on the podcast as Pinhole Cannon. That's, that's right. That's your main Instagram account. That um, is. I, I feel that the name in itself gives away quite a lot about your shooting preferences, but, but. tell us a bit about what you like to shoot. Well, first off, I want to clear up the thing about the pinhole cannon because I tried to put my last name into it, um, but somebody had already taken that. That's why it's only one in, and it's kind of weird, you know? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I remember Ada, I remember listening to a show or something, and Ada said something about it, and I was just, and he was like, "I don't understand what's, what the difference, what's going on with the name," and so uh, that's what happened with that, and. Uh, I, I just assumed you were shilling for Canon. Um, I, I just thought, well, this this is obviously he's getting uh, you know a payback from um, Canon to wish. promote their cameras. So I wish, but I'm not. I am not. Um, but I do. Uh, I do do digital work, but mostly from Instagram is just uh, shooting pinhole, uh, black and white colors, um, big pinholes, little pinholes, everything you know. So you've been, because we were talking a bit the other night, and you were explaining to me that you did, uh, you studied photography, didn't you? You're yet another educated person on this subject, which always scares me. Uh, um, educated, sure. Uh, I didn't get like a full degree, but I spent a couple years and I got the basic of it. Uh, the place that I went to school was just kind of like a smaller community college. Mm -hmm. And it, it, uh, it was more geared towards, uh, I guess, like being an actual working in the field of photography, photographer, of course. But we did, um, we had a Konica machine there. Uh, this is back when everything was film. Uh, and we were, you know, we took classes and we were taught how to maintain all that equipment. E6 machines, C41 machines, um, everything. So... I learned a lot about uh, some, you know, techniques and portfolios and editing yourself and all that. So it was it was pretty good. Yeah, I reckon I, I always wish I had 
learned something about editing myself. Sometimes I th- put things up, you know, share things with people and then I go back to them a bit later and think, oh, I really, really shouldn't have shared that photo. <laughs> yeah, it re- really do- really doesn't do my, you know, amazing photo- photographic skills justice. Uh, so that, that I think that's a real skill in its own right, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, it I- is. Go ahead, Graham. Sorry. No, I was going to say I I, I completely agree with that. Uh, the the thing that interested me when we were talking the other night was you were saying that by the time you'd finished this course, I mean, I, I would imagine. Cause how long ago is it when you did your course? Oh, let's see. Uh, it's been at least oh gosh, fifteen or sixteen years. So it sounds like quite a lot of the things that you learn, you know, using the big um, developing machines and stuff like that, you were learning a lot of really useful skills right before they became uh, uh, completely obsolete. Yeah, great. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Um, But the thing that caught me was that you said that by the time you'd finished the course, you'd actually got quite burnt out on the whole thing you kind of turning what i'm assuming been uh, a hobby of yours or a passion of yours beforehand doing it intensively had killed it off a bit yeah i was pretty much just um into having fun taking pictures of my friends skating skateboarding you know and 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 whatnot and then i got into it uh, and that really turned me off i mean like when i i had like an exit interview and I was just kind of like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore, you know. Um, not on this level, anyhow. I, uh, I'm grateful for doing it because if I if I hadn't gone through it and done it, I wouldn't have been exposed to how to use a view camera, um, you know, and, and shooting slides and, and developing four by fives and using the dip and dip and dunk takes. And we had lighting classes, and it taught us. Uh, uh, lighting ratios and you know all traditional lighting setups for modelings and Rembrandt lighting and uh, that's where I became really confident and comfortable with using flashes and studio lights. But I mean, I, I got so bummed out on it that I literally sold everything in my apartment, bought probably fifteen little point and shoots, uh, and went to Alaska. And traveled for two years. <laughs> and that's quite absolutely an extreme reaction. Yeah, exactly. I did nothing for two years. Uh, that was really um, structured. You know, I just kind of just did whatever I wanted to do. So, so when you say you you mean like the little disposable cameras? You just bought a bag of disposable yeah. point and shoots and sold yeah. it off to Alaska. I, yeah, I literally went into Walmart and and had my shopping cart. You know, and I really put my hand at the back of the shelf and just was like, you know, and just sealed it up and put them in my suitcase and just started, you know, just came up with this trip. And I have, there's a, there's a whole story of me going to Alaska, uh, that we'll have to talk about another time because we don't have time for it, but it was quite the endeavor. I, I, it took me, God, I guess about a month and a half to get up there from North Carolina. It's quite, it would be walking. That's <laughs> <laughs> paddling actually and i you know uh yeah it's a long story but uh it was there were some setbacks and we got stuck here and then my the guy i was with traveling with my buddy his vehicle broke down and we got you know i mean so it was kind of just i think i've seen that movie isn't it called dumb and dumber yeah exactly (laughs) we even had the dog mobile (laughs) 
that's that's a yeah i would look i'd I'd like to hear that story at some point but uh so what happens if you skip forward a decade though and suddenly you're pinhole cannon how did that all come about that came about um so like i got back and i i I started doing the electrical stuff with my dad after i finished with alaska and i was still kind of doing just fun stuff photography you know not anything serious and um, I met my wife, and, and the kids came along, and then I really kind of started getting back into it. Um, and then probably just about three years ago, I bought a Holga pinhole, the wide-angle one. And I used that for a little while, uh, and I just got completely frustrated with it because it had so many light leaks. Um, that I kind of just stopped for a little while uh, doing the pinhole thing. And I, I was trying to do the infrared with the Holga wide-angle pinhole, uh, and I just I was having problems with it just because the exposure was so it's just so wide and the the film i was using just you know it just didn't have the latitude it would just be a big giant vignette circle you know with the with it so i stopped i just i don't want to do this anymore i'm just wasting film um and then i ended up getting the reality so supple six by 17 the panoramic one with the curved back so, because um, I don't think Abe and probably quite a lot of people are familiar with the reality so subtle stuff. Why don't you just fill us in a bit on what what that is and who the guy is that makes it? Uh, well, he makes um, a six by seventeen. His name's James. He's out in um, France, isn't he? I yeah, think. he's in France, and I'm going to say his name is that thing wrong. Is Garen? Garen? G U E R I N? Garen, I believe it is. Quite uh, yeah, nobody's listening anyway, so you know, I doubt they're going to hear it. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> we lost all of our French listeners on the episode one, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, I, you know, I got a, I got in contact with him, and he sent me um, the six by seventeen, which is the film plane is curved. Uh, so that's really good because you get nice even exposures. Um, and I got that from him, and I used that a lot, and I really liked it. And then he mayday started making a six by six uh a little pinhole camera uh that has a rise feature kind of like what you use on ronald does ronald rise up ronald ronald, rise yeah. falls ronald rises and rises um can you explain that because to be honest even though i can use rise and fall on ronald i don't really understand it and i double do not understand how it works on a pinhole camera well what it does is it's the same function as it is on the view camera, and you're just using the rise to shift your film, your focus plane, not your film mm-hmm. plane. You're using it to. It's really hard to explain without being able to show you. You know what I mean? But like, if you took, if you are taking a picture and your pinhole is in exactly in the middle of the six by six square, you don't have any control over your foreground what's above and below it unless you tilt the camera back yeah so the horizon will always be dead center right so if you tilt your camera back and your horizon is in the bottom third then you get that kind of like crazy stretched out uh type of distortion yeah so with the rise pinhole there's another pinhole that's probably half an inch so a centimeter or so above the the central pinhole and if you use that one you can get more of their foreground that's below you without okay. having to tilt your camera back. Gotcha. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, because I, I remember seeing a picture. And it's like most pinhole cameras have got 
um, spirit levels on them. Right. So you can make sure it's nice and level. And I'm sure the reality so subtle one is the same. But yes, if you get that, and I mean, I find that with my pictures now, because you make sure the spirit level is perfect, but that means that the horizon is always smack bang in the middle. Right, and yeah. that's okay, but it's it does limit your um, artistic and compositional choices. So, it does. Um, it seriously does. And, and he does a... The thing I like about the cameras he makes is all of his cameras have that option on them. Uh, they come standard. And I think the 4x5 that he makes actually has like three or four different pinholes on it yeah uh so you have i mean like the composition choices and what you can do you know is basically endless so but check them out if you, if you guys are into looking for handmade pinholes that are really quality and he's a really nice guy i mean i, I haven't had any problems with it at any of my cameras and I, I keep in touch with him and from you know instagram or whatever and uh, i'd say check him out but i think um Dave off of the forums, he may have actually bought some pinholes from him because I know that he sells, amongst other stuff, amongst his cameras, he also mm -hmm. sells the pre-drilled um, pinholes. Uh, yeah. I have a feeling that's where Dave got his from because I know that I've yeah. certainly looked online to get some from him in the past. I've um, ordered some from him too because I'm, I'm planning on starting a project as soon as we ever get settled. Uh, I want to get that direct positive paper like you've been using oh, with yeah. your, your camera, but I want to get the big sheets. I want to start doing it like 16 by 20. Oh geez, Louise, did they go that uh, big with it? Yeah, you can buy it sixteen by twenty. Because mm. I want to, I, I want to start making, you know, like one-off series, um, so you can just, you know, do it and because you know how hard it is to print a four by five negative. If you, I mean, you have to get a humongous and larger for it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Funnily um, enough, I w I was in um, my local darkroom supplies place it's a secondhand darkroom supplies place uh called secondhanddarkroom.com or .co.uk um and it's just up the road for me which is kind of good and bad um and i called in there to pick up a couple of bits and yeah uh, i was inquiring about how much it would cost to get a four by five in larger because mine the largest mine goes is six by six i think and yeah. even now when you'd think that there would certainly not the core for it there once was, but there's a few hundred pounds to pick one of those up. So yeah, and, and not only that, but they are literally humongous. I mean, they're like just the actual physical size of it is yeah, it's insane. You know, so I didn't see the point of shooting four by five pinhole images to blow it up to sixteen by twenty when I could just go ahead and make a direct positive picture of it. You know, and just make my own camera. Uh, so that's then, uh, the plan. You're going to make your own pinhole camera, 16 by 20. Yeah, uh, awesome. That's that is pretty. That is pretty <laughs> awesome, actually. I mean, I haven't really got into the whole pinhole thing, although I d I do intend to try at some point, as a, as as with a whole lot of other stuff. But making your own 16 by 20 pinhole camera. Well, I mean, I mean, other than keeping it light tight, the biggest your biggest concern is is getting a good quality uh, pinhole. Some people would probably say no you should make it out of a aluminum can you know what i mean but i kind of want to get i kind of would like to be able to get to the point to where i can have uh i can have consistent output with it you know what i mean so as long as it's light tight uh and you have a really good pinhole yeah uh, you know everything should be okay do you need, do you need a need? pickup truck to carry it around <laughs> yeah well well i'm planning on making it out of uh foam core board uh 
Okay. That's yeah. Just, we should, so, so it shouldn't be too heavy then. Is that? It shouldn't be too heavy. No, it really shouldn't be. Because I mean, I'm, the the size of the pinhole is going to be it's going to end up being so small that your exposures in daylight are going to be three minutes. You know, four minutes. Yeah, with that so, direct positive paper, it's going to be yeah. the minimum. That you know, it's funny you say about having a van to drive around in aid. I remember, and I could not remotely remember the name of the um, photographer in question, but I know that there was a lady who made a van into a pinhole camera and would drive to locations, park up, and the back of the van was the camera. And she put up these huge sheets and just make massive pinholes yeah. using um so uh that's what i love about the art form i think it's just the because it is as simple as Corey said you know you just need a light tight box and a box. hole that's it um, you're that's off to the races said. oh <laughs> <laughs> so i'm sorry Corey, I hate that. <laughs> at the other end of this um size spectrum if you will um i, w- I would like to catch up because you picked up a camera for the cheap shots challenge didn't you i did and no, uh, that was Ada's been calling you out on this ever since you said you bought it. You, what did you get? I got the it's a Lomo LCA. And Aid does not believe that you paid within the budget for that. So how much did you pay for that camera? Well, hang on, let's clear this up right now. <laughs> technically, te- well, technically, I didn't pay anything for it because I had a camera system that I traded in at a at local camera shop, uh-huh. uh, and they had it in there. And it was there, and I looked at it, and I was—I looked at it, and I put it back down. And I was like, oh, I don't know. They—they they wanted more for it than what I had seen for prices, uh, because I've been looking for a cheap camera to do this with, because I don't really have a, a 35 millimeter camera. Um, well, I have one, but I don't have one that's at the level of what you guys like to do it with, you know. <laughs> you mean a real piece of crap? <laughs> So I, you know, so I picked it up and I played with it. And he says it worked. The lights, the light seals are good. He's like, I shot a roll of film with it, you know. And he's okay, okay. So I was like, well, how much for it? And he's like, well, if you, I was like, let's bundle it together with this. What can you do for the price? And he's like, you know, you're giving me, you, you only want, you get, want such, such a good price for what you have here. He's like, I'll give it to you for, you know, I think I ended up paying about thirty bucks for it. That's that's pretty close. I mean. That's that's pretty close. I think that, that's say. pretty. I think that's the amount we allowed, isn't it? Because yeah, when we when we first set out on the tw- on the cheap shots challenge, and you set a, a limit of twenty pounds, um, that was just after we'd voted to leave the EU, and the pound was worth nothing. So we didn't really know <laughs> yeah. we didn't really know what the stable currency values were going to be. But yeah. thirty dollars right. sounds good. But that, that, all yeah. of that, Sam, you're right. I did I did call him out. I was like, ah, I'm not entirely sure that that's that's yeah. feasible. That can't yeah, possibly yeah. be in the budget. But then Graham, you went and bought one for a quid. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. basically, you overpaid it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You paid way more. Cor- yeah. Those things, they're giving them away. Corey, what were you thinking, paying thirty bucks for <laughs> one of those? <laughs> you know, I, hey, I'm so sketchy about buying anything like that off of eBay uh, or anywhere without like being able to touch it. So I was like, and to make sure it works. You know what I mean? So I was kind of like, it's all right. I'm a couple bucks. He showed me the the film he shot with it. You know, in the contact sheet and everything. He's like, it works great. I, you know, I shot black and white with it, and I was like. Okay, you know, I'll, I'll try it, uh, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't really. You just haven't got to know it yet. I I kind of do get to know it. I mean, like <laughs> I've I've shot with it a couple times, uh, and I just I don't know, man. I just I just you, you just I'm just not clicking with it. Sometimes you pick something up and you're just like bam, and you you're into it. You know, it is quite uh, small and fiddly. It is kind of fiddly. 
I think the I thing with it is that I'm finding, and I mean, I, I've, I had actually had mine out with me today just whilst I was at work, and right. um, I think I took one picture with it. I just tried to have a camera with me whilst I'm at work. One and, picture aid? I mean, Graham? <laughs> yeah, yeah, one. Well, you know, I don't want to push myself too hard. I don't right. burn out this kind of genius. Um, yeah. But the thing with the Lomo is the um, the controls it's unique in the way that it's laid out. I think that's the, the polite way of putting it. It is, there's no other camera that I have come across which has the same layout. Um, yeah. So you've got the aperture on the right-hand side, although you can mm-hmm. just put it on automatic, and you've got the focusing on the left-hand side, and these yeah. are just levers that you, you know, lift up and down. Um, Literally. And it's... It is quite small, and you know, I think you're like me, Corey. You've got quite big man mitts, um, big not man, delicate yeah. little fi- delicate little fingers. Um, and yeah, it it, it is quite. It, it feels like quite a delicate little camera. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't played with mine enough yet to really form a, a I, solid judgment on it. But I don't like um, the one thing I really don't like about it is setting the uh, the film speed, the ASA. Yeah. I hate it because like I shot with it the other day and I had I put a roll to put the film in uh, and I totally forgot. No, I said it uh, and then I ha- I shot. I was walking with it and I'd see something. And I'd take a picture, you know, and so I took like two or three pictures and I looked back and I was like, oh, my finger bumped it. So, yeah, I get completely weird. It's at like 50 and I was supposed to be and I should be at 200. You know what I mean? So, I'm just yeah, like, yeah, the the the. the dial to set the um iso is just on actually it's probably one of the more accessible dials on the thing um and it's in the upper left corner of the camera um on the by the lens and it's this little cogged wheel and i had exactly the same experience i i went to use it today to take my one picture and um i was like ah oh, the the two red lights because it has a, a two light system so one red light comes on to say yeah mm-hmm. battery's on it's all okay another light comes on if it's going to be a slow exposure right thought, that's weird i mean it wasn't bright but i thought it should be light enough for this and anyway i had a look and it was showing that i had 25 iso speed film in there awesome and I, and I knew that i definitely put 200 speed in and i also <laughs> I... knew that i definitely set it at the time so I think it does get knocked quite easily, but and then yeah. the other thing, then the other thing with that camera is, if you have it on aperture priority or automatic, I guess mm-hmm. not aperture priority, just automatic, um, the camera will pick the according shutter speed. But if you take it off of that, you're stuck at like a sixtieth of a second. I mean, that's like Holga territory, you know? Oh, really? I didn't know that. That mind you, yeah. I'm saying that that's that's the same basic system as the things like the Olympus Trip use. I think it's quite a common system for that group mm-hmm. of cameras, but yeah, not ideal, admittedly. No. Look, you know, I'd rather really use, really use a Holger. Yeah, actually, that well, that's a good point. You, you were saying about eBay stuff. Um, you uh, a few months back now asked me to hunt down the <laughs> apparently rare and elusive, and this is all your fault, Aid. So <laughs> this is Aid's fault, actually. You you asked me if I could get hold of. Um, a couple of Holger 120 GNs, the the glass lens version, because that makes such a difference with the Holgers. Um, Such a difference. And um, because the the people who were selling them on the UK eBay wouldn't post them over to the States, so I got them. Well, you bought them and got them sent to me, even after I gave you the wrong address. (laughs) They got lost for a little (laughs) bit. Whoops. Um, Mm. 
But uh, what what was the plan with those? Because I got the feeling that you had a project in mind for those. I I do, and I'm still going to start it. I just haven't had time to sit down and 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 do what I call uh, engineering calibration to my holgas. Oh, see, um, that, I'm pretty sure Aid did something like this when he got his mic. I'm going to check my holger out, make sure it all works and focuses properly. That's not the point of the holger. No, nah, actually, that, that, it, this is all part of. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm not the sort of person who relaxes easily into to I like into photography or into anything really. I suppose I, I like to make sure <laughs> that if I'm taking a photo, the the exposure is going to be roughly about there. And the holgers actually, agree. the holgers of having spent a lot of this summer working with the holgers it's it, it helped me to learn to be a bit more relaxed about it you know i figured if i was going to if i was going to be the host of a, a podcast called sunny 16 i'd better learn to be a little bit more relaxed about exposure <laughs> <laughs> chill out man yeah i'm not it, it's it's difficult yeah because i'm i'm a uh i i'm mostly a frustrated creative and one of the th- yeah so i have all these creative ideas in my head but i don't have any real skill but what I can do is the, the camera th- thing, it allows me, if I can see something, if I can frame it up in the viewfinder, then the camera does all the capture for you. So for me, who, who has, you know, I, I have an element of creative vision, I suppose. And I'm not, 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 the, not that it's anywhere near what other people have, but, you know, I can see things and I can see that I want to capture things, but I can't draw and I can't paint and I can't build things or anything like that. I don't have any I of those kind that. of skills. And so actually photography is ideal for me. But of course, because I don't have the skills to wing it or to do it myself, I, I, I end up you know, relying on the tools to do it. And and to, to to then swap your nice calibrated SLR type tools for a Holger or a, a point and you know something that was a freebie on the front of a magazine twenty five <laughs> years ago is just like it's 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 counterintuitive for me. I've, I'm I'm learning. I'm, I'm I'm embracing my inner Graham. Pretty soon I'm going to start <laughs> destructing things, setting fire to things, uh, right. you know, making my own lenses. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good fun. It's what you do far. when you aren't creative. You just smash stuff up. Well, you know, I mean, like, what I do is uh, I'm kind of the same way, Aid, because I'm like, if I'm putting the film and taking the picture, I want it like, you know, it needs to be close to what I'm thinking about. So I, I take my Holgas and I take a little piece of ground glass and take the back off and put it, put the piece of ground glass uh, where the film mask goes. Mm-hmm. Right? And put something over your head dark. Uh, and then you can see where your focus is, uh, and you can find out, you know, and I, I have somebody walk to you, you know, like, like put it on the single person and have somebody walk to you uh, until they're out of focus and tell them to back up until they are in focus and then tell them to keep going until they're out of focus. Uh, and then you can then you can just measure that, uh, tell them to stay still and just measure it. And you can kind of get an idea of, you know, about what it's going to be. That sounds like a real fun afternoon. Um, oh, this is interesting stuff because I've yeah, there's there's the, the uh, I forget the fella's name, but the the Holger Mods fella in in the states, and he always says, you know, mm. for an extra fee, he will calibrate the focusing on your yeah on your Holger. And I'm like, how the hell do you do that? That's <laughs> how you do it. That's it how works you do. really good because the Holger I have, I've, I've had forever, and I took it to the beach and I dropped it at the beach, and it's just uh, it's just kind of like. I think the springs cracked on it or something. So that's why I wanted the glass was because I can't afford, and this is going to be great. You guys are going to love this. I can't afford uh, to buy uh, a Hasselblad 
shirts or anything. I can't afford. I can't afford to purchase That's a. <laughs> I can't afford to purchase a six by six camera system that I could do to make uh, like a series of portraits. You know, like how I really want to do. It. Uh, okay, so, okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you seriously about to make the argument that the, 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 if you can't afford a Hasselblad, the next logical step is a Holger? Presumably no, a glass, because they a both glass start Lance with Holger. the same letter. A glass Lance Holger, Graham. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, oh, my apologies. I but that, that's my that. plan. That's that's going to be what I do because I, I do all the portraits and all the other stuff. Um, so, I mean, I have my little traveling backdrop that I use. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my glass lens, Holger, and I'm going to set it up so that I can find out what my focus is on it. And I'm going to find that distance. Uh, and then I'm going to start kind of doing like a quick little street setup thing where I can just pop up my background, have them stand three feet away, put my camera on one single lonely person uh, and take my picture with it. You know, that is an awesome project. That is an awesome project. That's idea. my plan. That's why I got. Well, I got two because I bid on both of them because. I figured Murphy's Law, if you bid on one, you won't get it. If you bid on two, you're only going to get one. But I bid on both of them, and I got both of them. So <laughs> I have two glass lens holders now. So I think I'm just going to take one of them and, and do that with and, and kind of get, get it set up so that I can do that, you know? You know what you um, should be doing? You've got you've got two of these identical cameras. We don't know. Stereogram. We don't know that they're identical yet, Grant. Uh, but, uh, you know, these are all precision-made tools. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you need stereograms. This is what I, you should be doing. I'm not into the stereograms. That's not well, you thing. just haven't. You just, look, come on. You, you know, get off your lazy backside. I want to see some stereo okay. pictures. You can just glue the two of them together. Stop mucking yeah. around with calibrated. Just glue them together and take pictures with them. How hard can it be? <laughs> But then you got to have the thing to view them with and all that stuff. I don't know. That's too much. I don't want to see Yeah. That. Yeah. All right. You may have a point there. You may have a point there. Well, I hope you actually do um, stop stop planning to fanny around with calibrating them and skip to the part where you actually take some pictures of that. That'd be great. I would it's like coming that. soon. It is coming soon. I'm, I'm going to be putting it all on my website. And I, I, went, I went in and, and completely redid my website, actually. Um, you guys should check it out. It's totally, totally different. And it look, actually looks pretty good, I guess. But... Um, um, what's, talk- what's your website address? It's coreycannon222.500px.com. Cool. Why the 222? Do you have two two twos? This why? Two two two. Three twos. Two two two. Three twos. Did I say three two? Two two. two. No, I said, do you own two two twos? You know what a two two is, right? Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Well, <laughs> do I mean. <laughs> my wife wear one and I wear the other one but we won't talk about what <laughs> alright I think it's time for me to intervene here because Graham's just getting a little bit too rude to our honoured guest I was going to say Abe's been awful quiet Gee, this is the most, I think this is the most quiet I've ever heard you Abe uh, yeah no I like to leave the guests to have a, have their say but I think Graham is just getting to be a little bit too edgy now so I think we'll, we'll, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back and after a quick break I think uh, Graham's got some news about his Canon Sure Shot A1 Uh, and there's some other news as well so back in a second we occasionally have a report if you like a a field report on the usage of a particular camera or particular film or anything like that and Graham has one of those for us right now don't you buddy 
I certainly do, mate. This is just a quick check back in, really, about one of the cameras that I picked up fairly recently, the Canon SureShot A1. Um, I got this from a charity shop a couple of months ago. Yeah, probably wasn't that long ago. It was certainly back early part of summer. And the SureShot A1 is a waterproof point-and-shoot camera. And I didn't pay very much money for it. I think it cost me £10. And... I took it with me when I went away on holiday and used it. I shot a couple of rolls of film through it, and I've actually got both of those rolls developed now. And I just thought I'd quick recap on what I found about it. Um, I actually really like this camera. I think it's almost the perfect beach camera. It's a nice size. It's not too big and bulky. My other waterproof camera that I've got, the other properly waterproof one, is the Minolta Weathermatic, which is a big yellow brick of a camera. Um, <laughs> this one, it looks quite snazzy. I mean, it's, it's still quite bulky for a point and shoot, but it's pretty cool. And it's got a good strap and carry system for it, and it floats, and it's nice and rugged. Um, so for taking it to the beach and just not worrying about it, it's ideal. Um, it's got a reasonable amount of control on it. You've got... It's all autofocus, obviously, but you can turn the flash on and off. Uh, and it's hang on a sec. And, and it makes good whirry noises. Yeah, sounds, sounds awesome. Great. Um, yeah, everybody it's gonna be a hater. And um you can do macro shots underwater. Um yeah, yeah. See now you're tempted. Um and I think as I talked about when I last mentioned it, I did actually try taking a couple of shots underwater whilst we were away because even though it's risky with a camera you bought secondhand from a charity shop, I kind of want to know, test it to destruction. So I took one when we were in the sea, and that was just a blurred mess because the water was all stirred up. And I took another one in a little rock pool, and that actually came out quite clear. I mean, there was nothing in there to see. I'm not going to share the picture because there was no content. But Come if, there on, had been, if there had been, doesn't content, usually stop you. Yeah. your face. <laughs> I'm coming here to be insulted. I'm welcoming lots of places to be insulted. I, I feel cheated here. Come on, I want to see what the macro was. You're dipping your head underwater, or you're trying to find. What no, I just held it underneath. But it would work. And you know, the, um, uh, I'll, I'll share it somewhere. Um, it, I'll put a lot of crap up on Instagram, but this is so crap. <laughs> Even I may draw the line on this one but it looks like it might take a reasonably sharp image even underwater. Um, and yeah, I mean, as far as the picture quality goes, I've been really pleased with it. It's not the sharpest lens in the world, but it's fine. It does have some noticeable vignetting, which is not surprising because it's got quite a big bulky case to keep it all waterproof. And I did, to finish the roll of film off, I took it out on a walk of the weekend and took a couple more shots of my boys whilst we were walking around and was actually very pleased. The only thing that annoys me about it, and this is a fairly common complaint I have with point-and-shoot 35mm, is the camera is too quick to deploy the flash. Um, so you go, oh, the light's really lovely here, and I take a picture, and poof, you've suddenly blasted all that light away right. with the flash, which well, is annoying. But as I said, you can at least turn the flash off on this thing. So um, being big and yellow doesn't bother you? You're... Uh, like I said, this one isn't big and yellow. <laughs> oh, but, okay. But uh, also, I did use the Minolta Weathermatic, which is the big and yellow one, and I don't, I don't oh, okay. care. <laughs> Believe me, I have enough physical deformities that holding a big yellow camera is going to be the least of my worries. Um, 
the one thing that I want to mention with these, because I, I think if you see one out in the wild and it's at a reasonable price, I would definitely recommend grabbing one um, unless you are a bit of a 35 millimeter hater like some people on this call. Maybe oh. No, <laughs> oh, that's OK. That's, I'll but, take it. The one thing that has come up a couple of times when I've posted about this on Instagram is that a couple of people have said to me that they've picked up these cameras, again, secondhand, and gone to use them, and these seals have not worked, and they've tried using them underwater, and the cameras died. Um, so you, I think you have to be very careful. There's a little uh, rubber, whatever it is, seal inside the back door, and if mm. there's any debris or sand or anything in there yeah then water will get in um and uh so i mean i've just made a sure i really cleaned mine out thoroughly before and after using them um and this i did use it underwater and it's fine nothing got in yeah uh, if in doubt i would probably not use it underwater but that said even just you as a point and shoot camera as a rugged kind of weatherproof point and shoot camera you got to put silicone cameras. you have to put silicone on the seals because I, yeah. I have, have an underwater camera that i use too a big water house thing i take pictures it's like surfing you know like barrels and stuff oh awesome what do you use for that uh i have a, a dedicated water housing that i use for um, a nikon camera with a fisheye it has a big giant glass dome on the front of it oh awesome it's got a pistol grip that you hold on to you know kind of mm -hmm. like, like a trigger thing and I got a pair of flippers on, kind of look like a duck, and I jump in the water, <laughs> paddle around, and take pictures <laughs> of waves and all kinds of stuff. But yeah, you got you got to clean, you got to keep the seals clean, like you said, piece of sand, anything. I take a little bit of silicone and just kind of rub on it every once in a while. That, that uh, helps keep them supple, does it? Cold helps keep them. Uh... Yeah, it. I mean, it keeps them from drying out because as soon as they dry out and they start cracking, and then when you put pressure on it, uh, the the back plate closes on it and it deforms it and then boom yeah you're leaking see i was going to ask that actually graham because how old is this canon sure shot i mean is it old enough for the <laughs> rubber to have started perishing yet um is it, it, is it like a cream color and then it has like red trim around it that's the one yeah okay I've, sexy, I've seen huh? those before i was yeah. gonna, i was looking at those first but then i was like eh, 35 millimeter film i'll pass you're quite a snob about stuff. You, you, this is the other thing I found when watched Chad Cora the other night is that he is quite a snob. Aid. He, he, he won't shoot 35 millimeter. I'll tell you what else he hates, which is going to be great because it's the next thing we're going to talk about. He hates instant photography. Aid. You might want to kick him off the call now. No, 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 no. I've been playing with instant photography. No, yeah, no, no. The, but, but yeah, I spent all the summer shooting six by six on a Holger. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I, I don't hate 35 millimeter, but the cameras are often a lot more usable than they are for 120 film. So yeah, you know, I think it's it's, uh, and I don't really fancy carrying my Bronica over my shoulder on my commute to work every day. Quite frankly, yeah, that's <laughs> it's just yeah, a bit too. Yeah, I mean, apart from the fact that most Londoners aren't good looking enough to be taken have their photo taken in six four five, it's um, especially not early in the morning or later in the evening. It's it's just not it's just not a useful camera for that kind of you know, that kind of thing. So um, yeah, so but I, I I you know not liking instant fine. I'd be a bit worried if you didn't like one ten film though, Corey. What's your what are your views on one ten film? 
the only my only real experience with 110 film was my mom's camera she had uh so 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 long ago uh and i remember the little cracking open the like uh the the wrapping that the film came in and you'd pull the cartridge out you know yeah and like tinfoily stuff you know uh, that's about it. That's pretty much it. And pop oh, it you remember the, the best bit of it, I think. You, you and the flash cube. She had a system. The camera she had had a fat. had a flash cube on it. Do you have a flash cube, Aid? That, that's, uh, that's it. If you had a cool little camera like Aid's Voigtlander, you you might be sold on it because that's a really cool little camera. It's like a spy camera. It's awesome. I checked out. That. Oh no, no, I'm good. No, you, you have to hold it. Trust me. You really? Have to, yeah, because I, 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 well, you know, I ripped the shit out of it quite a lot. Um, but it's so small, and it, and it feels, it just, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I have. I'm not gonna lie. I have been keeping an eye on eBay because I think, yeah, that's pretty. Oh, cool. you're gonna get one, aren't you? Well, I, you I, know. To clear it up, aid. I, I don't hate instant film. It's just not for me. Is that a better way to put it? Yeah, absolutely. If I, I, yeah, I like the stuff that you do with it though, because I like that. Um, a long time ago, you did the crane, the collage of the crane. With it. Oh Didn't yeah, the the Hockney thing. Yeah, I mean, it's not a new yeah, idea I'm, to create a, a collage of uh, out of photos, but uh, well, yeah, I no, thought that I, worked quite well. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. I, I commented, I said, "Hey, this is pretty cool," and that was before I even. Maybe even had started listening to you guys, actually. Yeah, yeah it, seems, it seems unlikely that you would just suddenly find a picture of a crane. Oh, pretty cool. I mean, we'd probably pay well, you to make these a, points. put a Polaroid tag on it, didn't you? A uh, hashtag of Polaroid or instant film or something, I'm sure. Possibly, yeah. It, it would have it would have been something like that. I, I do remember posting it on on uh, Instagram, I suspect. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, that's, that, yeah, it was... Um, uh, well, there we go. See, so yeah, I mean, it, it, they all have their uses, and it, it's what you do with it. I think that counts. It's interesting because you know I keep saying that the uh, the one ten film is exactly the same size. The negative is exactly the same size as a micro four third sensor, but the the Instax the Instax Mini is pretty much a six four five. I tell mm-hmm. you, you also keep saying that you do keep saying both of these things, and I, I don't know how to break it to you. I do not think that that's those are particularly good comparisons to make. Because yes, <laughs> technically, the one ten film is the same size as a what was it four third sensor, but but the resolution is nowhere near the same. And yes, technically, the um, Instax <laughs> Mini is a six by four point five, but. It's a print, not a negative or even a slide. You know, you can't blow it up the same. It's the resolution is not quite the same level. Well, the, yeah, certainly, the certainly the lens resolutions are not. I don't know if you, I don't know what would happen. I genuinely don't know what the resolution of that film is. Actually, it, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm guessing it's not as uh, as good a resolution as you know, as a, a proper roll film, you know, a proper one twenty <laughs> roll film. But I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I'm, I, I have a sense that the, the resolution of the film is better than what you can get out of it with the cameras that shoot it. Maybe oh, this yeah, is where the Leica sure, comes in. Be. Maybe this is where the Leica comes in. It's Maybe. <laughs> Having scanned quite a few pieces of Instax Mini, I, I'm going to say it's quite low. <laughs> I'm going to say resolution, low. But low. listen... We're, whilst we're because we've talked I, I, again I only want to talk about this briefly because we have talked the ass out of Instax over the last few weeks but 
I, partly because I don't know how we either missed it or it just didn't come up in conversation. Cause I only found out about it recently. And it's a really great case of a day late and several dollars short. But this week uh, saw the end of the Kickstarter for the Lomo Automat, uh, which is another camera that uses Instax Mini Film. Um, they kickstarted. They were looking to raise a hundred thousand uh, dollars on Kickstarter, and the project finished this week at uh, I believe it was nine hundred and something thousand dollars. So quite uh, successful. Ev- every Lomography oh. product. I mean, they they don't use Kickstarter in the way that they that, that other people use Kickstarter. They just basically use it as a pre-ordering mechanism. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's, right. it's it's it's. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I know Lomography are a, a company that uh, they cause a lot of emotions in a lot of people. So some of them very positive, <laughs> some of them very negative. And I have a love hate relationship with Lomography myself. I mean, I am unsurprised to hear that your experience of using the Lomo LCA is is less than stellar. You know, it's a it's it's a Lomography camera. You know, it's yeah. It's all about the lust for it. It's not about what it's like when you've got it. <laughs> Yeah, um, I was I was gonna pull the trigger on that LCA, the Lomo LCA, one twenty, um, mm-hmm. the bigger one, you know. But yeah. after using the thirty five, the the six by six one, but after using this one, I'm just kind of like, no, I don't think I'm gonna. I don't think it's worth. I mean, it's like four hundred bucks. That's seventy five million pounds, right? I mean, how do you guys? Go? <laughs> it is. It is. It's half a Hasselblad, you know. Or is it like, <laughs> It, it totally is. I mean, that's, I mean, like it, that's how, that's exactly how I rationalize it. I was like, you know, I mean, for what you can buy this thing for, that you can totally get a much better camera system. I saw a, a quote somewhere. I think it's actually when I say somewhere, I'm pretty sure that it was on the marketing page for um, the Lomo 120 RCA, and somebody um, whose name I can't remember, um, but was obviously some influencer within the field said described it as the best street photography camera. Oh yeah, I saw that too. Oh, good. I'm glad I'm not making this up. Yeah, it's like, no, no, no. I'm not sure I believe that entirely. Yeah, I, mean, that's, you know, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know about this. Yeah. Opinions are subjective, obviously. Um, but yeah, so I just thought it was interesting that, um, yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you, Aid, about the way that Lomo use Kickstarter. This The project's just finished, and it does actually say on the webpage that all kickstarter rewards so all the cameras that people have backed will be shipped by christmas which is not normal kickstarter behavior Mm -hmm. Um, this was very much i mean the nice thing about it from a lomo kickstarter point of view is that at least this was a more affordable one some of the ones they've done in the past things like the petsval and the daguerreotype lenses have been hundreds and hundreds of pounds very expensive Whereas this one, I think the the lowest, if you got on super early and got the cheapest one you could get, you could pick up a camera for $99 um, and um, and it was cheaper than they are to pre-order now. So um, you could save yourself some money and uh, they seem reasonably competitively priced. Um, but yeah, now that the market has swollen from the, just being the Fuji Instax to now there's going to be three of them on the market between... Oh, God. <laughs> have you looked at the, have you looked at the pictures of the automat either of you me uh, i have yeah a little bit yeah i mean it, it just looks like another plastic camera to me but it's a uh, yeah uh, i i prefer the styling of this to the leica um mm, really it's, it's it's more to my taste <laughs> i the thing is i quite like 
I do like, as Aid will know from that Kodak camera I picked up from the video, I quite like the old 60s looking plasticky, you know, that style of camera I find quite appealing. Modern and sleek isn't really my style um, in any way, shape or form. Um, but yeah, they, they do various different colours and the colour schemes get more expensive as they go, which I find a bit of a bummer. But um yeah, it looked all right. It was interesting in the marketing blurb. It was describing it as the most advanced instant camera out there. Um, but as somebody else pointed out, this was before the Kickstarter started, before the Leica was released. Um, I think it, they do basically the same kind of thing. I think it's you can do multiple explosion, explosions. Multiple oh, explosions. <laughs> yeah, you multiple can do that explosions? It. You can do multiple explosions with it. Um, they don't talk about that. That's when the batteries go bad. Um, yeah. you, do, you can do multiple exposures, and I think you can actually do as many as you want to. Uh, there's no limit on that. Um, it's got a neat little um, remote within the shutter, not shutter, the lens cap, I think. So you can use the, the remote shutter on that. And In I think it comes... Cap. Yeah, apparently. And it comes with, uh, I think, some gels and stuff like that to be more creative. So I don't think it offers any more flexibility in the shooting modes, but they're packing in stuff with it and making it going down the accessories route to, I mean, you can do a bit more with it. Lemo is doing accessories, really? (laughs) I know, it's so unlike them. So what do you guys think they're doing? Do you think that they are doing the Kickstarter pre-release things as saying, okay, We've developed this camera. We only have to sell X amount of them for it to become profitable. Let's go to Kickstarter and see if we can just hit that mark with the Kickstarter and then whatever happens to it, happens to it. I think that's pretty yeah. much the size of it, yeah. To yeah. be honest, I think I think even more so, if they are going to hit, if they're planning on hitting demand uh, you know, rewards by Christmas, they were, must have already been so far down the production route that really this is just a way to get an in, an injection of cash early. You know, they've now got that money just sitting there for two months. Which yeah, is that's what I mean, you know. Um, but they must have already been in full swing production for it. So, no, I mean, it's, you know, good for them, I guess. You know, it's uh, it's another fun thing. And it, it bothers me. <laughs> it, it bothers me less than the Leica one does, partly because it's just half the price of the Leica. Um, and yet it seems to do much the same thing. Um, I, just, I just don't understand why... Fuji, I mean the the two pull apart films that they just you know discontinued. You know, I yeah. can't imagine them thinking that that they weren't going to uh, continue to be profitable over the Instax stuff. They, they, you think about how much Instax they sell compared to how much the peel apart film they sell. I bet you the difference. Well, apparently, is everybody in Japan has one. All the little girls will have one, don't they? What, what did uh? Didn't you say something to um, what was the guy's name on the last show that was on? And, Chris. Yeah, and you're actually like, well, doesn't everybody have one? They walk, they walk around yeah. giggling with them. He's like, no, not really. <laughs> Whenever you see any marketing, even on the light on the um, Lomo Kickstarter page, the bit where it's showing about using the lens cap as a remote features some Japanese girls using it to take a selfie. So, <laughs> I mean, that's the myth that's being perpetrated, if nothing else. Jeez, forever. It's an interesting company. Uh, we, we wish we could talk about forever, but I think no. it's probably time to move on a little bit. So we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, uh, we'll talk about something else. Yeah. <laughs> 
whilst we've got you here, Corey, this seems like a perfect opportunity to pick your brains uh, <laughs> about something that I've been thinking about a lot recently, especially since starting the podcast. Yeah. Um, you are in the process of starting your own photography business. Is that right? Yes. And so as part of that, because you, you building up your brand and recognition and getting your name out there is is a big part of doing that and obviously you've got right. your um instagram account with pinhole canon but that's uh, slightly separate from what you want to be doing or are going to be doing um and i want to ask you and ask aid and really have a chat about getting our pictures out there sharing them and how you're going to sort of build and promote yourself and what you found works well go <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean i don't know um, i have two instagram accounts i have one that's like a private one um and then i have the pinhole cannon one um and uh, that's i mean that's just basically for fun you know i it's just kind of just somewhere to put it because if not i really don't know what i'll be doing with doing with pinhole photography other than just enjoying it myself you know so so how, how long have you had that pinhole cannon account for uh not very long probably um i started it just around the new year so i mean i wouldn't say any more than probably six months okay well the, i mean the, the new year was a good 10 months ago now yeah, i mean a, yeah, unless you've got some weird <laughs> different thing going on back then i'm on the other side of the atlantic so i'm behind you guys i knew it was four hours i didn't realize it was four <laughs> hours and four months as well i said i said around the new year i didn't say exactly the new year but... you know april new year april time well um, you know like well, I, ha I have my other account uh, that my wife went on, it, went on it one day, and she was kind of like, hey, you know, this the, the kids are on here, and I'm just kind of weirded out because was, I was getting a lot of really weird things, people following me, you know, like, and I was just kind of like, yeah, it's kind of weird. So yeah, uh, I went through and cleaned house and made, made that account private, and I, you know, only have a couple hundred people on that, on that account, local people that are my friends in town, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. and then. Uh, then I started the, the pinhole cannon one, and that's where I put. That's where it's that's wide open, you know. Anything, and I started just doing pinhole stuff, and then like I'm doing all this other stuff, and I don't really have anywhere to put it, like the macro stuff, and uh, kind of doing the landscapes thing. So I was just kind of like, you know what, I'm just going to kind of start putting everything over there, um, and that's kind of where it's at. And I mean, and this worked out because um, on Instagram, there's um. A follower that one of my followers and I follow her. Her name is, uh, I think it's Anna Anna Kubota. Anna mm -hmm. Kubota thinks what it is, and she sent me a message. She's like, "Hey, there's an open call for this um, pinhole book these people are doing." She's like, "I think you should, I think you should uh, apply, you know, and see what happens because you got some really good pinhole stuff." And I said, "Okay," so I applied and and some some images, and they they took one of the images and that's going to be in the book that they're releasing. Oh, awesome. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's uh, FD, F slash D. Um, oh, gosh, I don't have it right in front of me. Uh, but they're doing a, a, a pinhole book of black and whites, colors, you know. Um, and they're going to be doing it through Kickstarter. Uh, you know, you can buy the book. Uh, and, yeah, it's pretty cool. So you've actually – this is a, a great case where you've got some real-world gain from using Instagram. Sure. Uh, I have. Uh, 
how many so you've been using it for less than a year i mean this is a very horrible question to ask because it just shows what a world we live but how many followers do you have on that account now i think about 700 yes that's an impressive number um certainly way more than we've got and how because the thing about instagram um is that to using it to get the best out of it is not really straightforward and uh, the, the way people find your stuff is um you, you you have to work at it quite hard it seems so what tactics did you use how did you go about getting your pictures out there and building up a following i got this i want i had somebody uh request to follow me one day and it was one of these things that said get followers fast so you know i went and i paid some money and i got five or six hundred followers so that worked then. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, just, just, just spending time and looking at people's pictures. I mean, if you see something you like, like it, you know. If you yeah. have a hashtag, you know, look it up and go through and look at other people's and comment on it. And just, you just got to uh, interact with other people who are doing the same thing basically you are. You know what I mean? I, I kind of do the thing where if I, somebody likes something of mine, I'll go look at what theirs. If they have, I like the pictures and I'll follow them. Yeah. Uh, if I go and it's nothing but selfies and fish duck lips, you know what I mean? Then I don't follow them. Or yeah. if they do that other thing that's annoying where they post 15 pictures that makes one big picture when you go to their page. Oh, yeah. That's an automatic, I'm out. No, I don't want to deal with that stuff. So, uh, have I, you I, seen I, this, Dave? Yeah, I have. And you know what? I'm totally with you. I'm not, uh, I'm not into that sort of thing either. And, uh, uh, all the, the selfie stuff. Uh, it's, it's, uh, the, the, it seems to me, and anyway, this is my <laughs> on brand aid. We are with the selfie stuff. No, You made your own hashtag. We are with the selfie stuff. Okay. No, that's, that's a fair point, but that's a reaction, isn't it? To the overuse of, uh, what Corey's just called the fish lips. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it, it that's that's the yeah we're we're trying to you know take it back aren't we with uh, that's that's the whole point of the sunny 16 selfie is to take it back and make something that has at least a a, a smidge of photographic merit associated with it but the, yeah. yeah it's 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 interesting there's there's um because it, uh it's good to hear somebody who is who is actively trying to build a following who is also got the strength of character not to just simply follow everybody back if you don't like the photos because i don't do that either i also seem to get i i seem to get uh uh, a lot of people liking my photos. There's a lot of models in California on Instagram these days, um, and yeah. I, seem to, I seem to get a lot of models who are liking my liking my uh, uh, photos. Uh, and then you go and look at them, and the whole stream is pictures of them. And it's like, well, okay, you know, some of them are fairly follow. Some of them are yeah. so so. Some of them, you know, fairly aesthetically pleasing. But it's but do I really want to look at hundreds of photos of the uh, of that? Do I want my stream full of that kind of no. thing? Well, no, not really. You don't. You don't. <laughs> Instagram. I mean, I, I I think I'm in exactly the same situation, really, that you're describing, Corey. I mean, uh, it's 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 real slow going, and um, I think we're up to about 200 followers now, which I'm you know really pleased about. Um, but it is what I found with Instagram it is exactly as you're describing. It is actually, you need to get out there and connect with other people in a real way and right. look at other people's work and take sure. an interest in other people's work. And the other thing is you've got to really use the hell out of hashtags. Um, before, cause I like you, I have 
two accounts. I barely use my other one, but I also have a personal account that's locked down. And when I was just using that and really wasn't active on Instagram at all, I used to get so cross because I was following um, Cole Miller, Obi Cole Kenobi, or, or mm-hmm. CD Miller photos. And I, I like I'd, it too, yeah. His stuff's great, but it'd come up and he'd have these hashtags on. And I'd be like, what are you, why are you putting these on here? Because I just had no idea. And um, I used to give such a hard time. And now I just whore us out like nobody's business because you have to. It's <laughs> the way people find your stuff. And yeah. I've actually. In the past, I've seen stuff. Um, I think uh, it was a photographer we talked about months ago at this point. Um, I think it's Adam J. Smith, who does some beautiful landscape work out in Australia. Mm. And I was looking at his pictures going, these are really beautiful, but they don't have as many likes as I would imagine. And it's because he wasn't hashtagging them properly. And I, I sent him a message saying, look, dude, get better at this because yeah. your work is great. More people need to see it, but they won't find it unless mm-hmm. you do this. Um and yeah finding popular hashtags and uh, it makes a huge difference um to just the number of people that we see you the other and also i i agree with you completely well i suppose it's different for different people but i like to look at and enjoy my instagram feed um and so when somebody follows me or whatever i won't automatically follow them back i will go and look at what they're doing and um and if I think it's going to be stuff I want to see. And sometimes I kind of don't do it at the time. And I'll go back and look later. And go, oh, actually, no, this is quite interesting. Um, that's not safe. I don't. So if I don't follow you, don't assume that it's because I think your stuff's garbage. It may just be because I haven't got around to looking at it yet. Um, but the thing about Instagram, which I find, I wouldn't even say frustrating, but it's just an amusing uh, quirk of it, which I'm sure you guys have both experienced, is that there are people out there who will follow you purely so that you follow them back and then they'll probably unfollow you afterwards so yeah, you'll see so you see your followers go up then back down and up yeah, the back, up, down. I mean, back down it's it's uh, people need to find better things to do with their time but yeah. it, it, but it's really it is um it, it at least does have some human contact and it's really interesting to hear you saying about um actually getting some useful contact out there i um, have you know i've, I've actually got some and I, 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 uh, there's another lady that on Instagram that uh, I, I, I sold a pinhole camera to her. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, it's worked out pretty cool. I met a lot of, I met a lot of really cool people that I wouldn't have met uh, and would never have the correspondence with anybody if I hadn't, uh, you know, be doing if I wasn't doing it. So yeah, Aid, I saw because um, you're obviously looking after Twitter, Aid, and uh, and that's your stomping ground at the moment. Um, and I saw, I was glancing briefly at the other day, I think a comment you replied to from uh, the lady who started doing uh, the podcast. Kristen uh, uh, with a camera. Kristen with a camera. And I think <laughs> she posted up, sorry, I've got a head like a sieve. Um, she posted a, a comment on Twitter, I think, asking whether we risked devaluing our images or i can't remember exactly what she put um by sharing them online um she did yeah she was asking the question you know does it uh does it uh, does it devalue an image putting it yeah putting the uh posting an image on the internet not particularly on twitter i think she'd made the quest the 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 query on twitter but not particularly about twitter i think it's just general about social media Mm. what are your feelings on that 
uh, it, I think you know, my my feelings for me are absolutely not. It only adds value if people see stuff and they comment sure. on it. It adds value, but that's that, that, that's it. That's very specific to me. I think because I'm not attempting to make any money out of my hobby. You know, I don't need. I don't have the skill, but I don't. I, I you know, I I have a full time job. I work, and photography is my hobby. And there's a big part of me that says, do you know what? I'd love to do. I'd love to add that little frisson of stress into it occasionally. But I certainly wouldn't want to be a professional photographer. You know, I I I'd far rather be a spirited amateur than somebody who you know has to try and make some of my household income out of it. Um, I think that for me, that would just take a lot of the joy out of it. So. It's tough, man. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, I have every respect for people who do it. Um, it's just not for me. And, you know, so I think I think the real, yeah, my answer is you know, a vehement uh, no. It adds value if you post stuff on the internet because, like you say, you know, Graham, it's like, what are you going to do? You're going to get in your dark room and develop your film and do a really gorgeous print and then dig a hole into a garden and bury it, you know, <laughs> or, or with... <laughs> Or, or 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 is it or is it best to you know is it best to take a snapshot of it with your iPhone and post it on Instagram? I don't know, you know. The, you know but for me, it's definitely it, it's about it's about the community. And Graham, you and I have talked about this loads. The reason we do the podcast, and and Corey's you know said it, it just himself just now. Actually, yeah, you know, the people that we meet, the people that we get to interact with, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's yeah present, a, present company accepted. I'm not sure about this guy, eh? He seems a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Man, really? Come on. <laughs> so, I, I, but, but, I mean, yeah, Corey, I mean, what, what's, what do you think? I mean, yeah, are you posting your best work on the internet? Are you, are you saving that? Is it, are you using the internet as a marketing channel? Are you, or is it just for I'm fun? I'm trying to. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm trying to. I mean, of, of course. Uh, the Instagram page, my pinhole Canon Instagram page, I mean that's you know that's worldwide. So I'm not really expecting that to impact me locally. You know what I mean? Um, the other page that I use uh, does because I take I shoot a lot of portraits of people, small weddings, groups, family portraits, back to school portraits, and I post that on on my private uh, Instagram page. Uh, and my local friends see that, and they say, "Oh, uh, that picture's great. Oh, can you, you know, can you come do something for me? You know." So, uh, in that respect, sure, I, I totally um, do it. Now, I, I don't post the pictures directly of of people until I give them to them. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like I'll I'll, I'll ask them. I say, "Hey, I, I'll show them on my camera when I'm doing it or whatever." Hey, like the like an outtake or something, you know what I mean? I'll say, do you mind if I, you know, post this, you know, and whatever. And they're sure. Yeah, that's fine. You know? And then I give them all the best images. Uh, as far as, as far as the pinhole Canon Canon account goes, I, yeah, I mean, I, I put up whatever I shoot that I like. Um, with, good or, with it, you know? Yeah. I and mean, with Instagram, I think that is particularly not a worry. I don't think, because the one thing about Instagram is that, those image sizes are all tiny. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're real small. And and in some ways, that's totally. the downside of Instagram. Um, because you, but it's you kind of a security feature in a way, too, a bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's you, Absolutely. Know, you can't really like... But you've obviously got your own website, um, which mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier. And 
I'm assuming you've got, you know, I, I can't bring it up right now, but you know, you've got your work on there and I'm guessing it's in a larger size so people can appreciate it. Is, is that a conscious choice you had to make? Like, okay, I'm going to put my best stuff on here and yes, people can just rip it straight off because this is the internet. I mean, uh, what did you think about with that? Um, my theory is always, if you don't want that to happen, don't put it on the internet. Yeah. I mean, if you put a watermark across it, I mean, there's nothing. If, uh, have you ever heard that saying, um, uh, a thief is only honest if the door's locked? You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter what you do. If they want to get in and get it, they're going to get in and get it. If somebody wants to take your image off the internet and take off your watermark and do whatever they're going to do with it, they're going to do with it, you know? So if, if you don't want to have that happen, the best thing to do is just not to put it on the internet, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. But, I mean, I... I kind of feel like I need to because if I put everything that I shot and everything I did on Instagram, I mean, I would be, it would be one of those things where, uh, you know, you post 15 pictures a day or something, you know what I mean? So it's kind of, uh, it's kind of, I feel like it's necessary to have somewhere to put all of the rest of the stuff, you know what I mean? That I shoot and I do. And, and I'm, I'm really hoping it's going to turn into a situation where people can contact me. Hey, I like this. I would like to do a project or work together, you know, or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm. Type of situation. So that's where I'm going with that. I don't want to just live in Instagram, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you certainly thought it a lot through a lot more than I have. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I guess, you know, being custodian mostly of, of the Twitter feed for the podcast, Twitter's not so much about posting photographic work it's more about engaging in a conversation and uh, so you know I, I do post uh, photos that I've taken uh, and occasionally but it, it is often as much about the uh, the conversation that you uh, elbow your way into uh, than, right. th- than than it is about anything else so but but the yeah it's it's interesting and then and then uh, uh, and then Graham posts my photos on the uh, the official Sunny Sixteen podcast account on Instagram, and and it gets more likes than it does on my personal Instagram account. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. uh, well, that means that means it's doing good, then you know. I mean, that's hey, come on. So uh, I'm interested from both of you guys because you know you're both Instagram users and Twitter users, whatever. What if we could sort of come up with I don't know five because we've already talked about a few things. What especially with Instagram, what tips would you give to people, not necessarily just to get more followers or more likes, but just to get the most out of it and also to to present your feed in the best way? Because I think, Corey, you're, you've done a particularly jo- good job with your feed. Uh, whenever, whenever something comes up on it, it never feels like there's a lot of stuff, but whenever it comes up, it's like, oh, this is a real little gem. I know there's a, a lot of other people I follow who are like that, but not everybody is. What what good tips would you give uh, for Instagram? Uh, I mean, just you got to be interactive and con and connect with people. Um, I try to only put up the pictures that I like the best and the pictures that I feel strongly about. Cause if, from what I found, if I feel strong about them and I like them, everybody else seems to really like them. You know what I mean? So having that, uh, is, is, doing really good you know what i mean just try to put up your best the best work that you can do and that you have uh and connect with people and talk to them you know i mean it's or i'm sorry text them uh, <laughs> type to them <laughs> type them type out them. Type, i don't think i can come up with five 
Graham. Yeah. I really don't. I don't know. I think, I think there's a few things. Well, I think there's a few things. I mean, I, the, you know, of course, the, you said before about um, not dumping all your pictures up. Because um, that's one thing that I found uh, some people do that I follow. You, you can tell when they've developed the role of film because bam 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 picture 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 like that you mean yeah exactly and that that does it waters down everything because you know you oh i'll see the first picture i really like that and then the second picture oh that's nice i like that too and by the time you get to the fourth or fifth you you're starting to lose the the will to live a bit on it um so I, i do think it's better to you know i'm not saying only put one picture up a day but no. limit how much you do yeah. because otherwise you know you you just you're going to blast people out, especially if it's all very similar stuff um yeah. and that's, that's kind of like what i've been doing i mean like i've started doing the macro stuff which really helps me out some because i'm not developing my film at home anymore i'm, I'm actually having to send it out so you know i have a week or two in between so uh you know if i don't kind of spread it out a little bit when I get my film back and I put everything up in a day or two, you know, then it's kind of like, then you are kind of just being, uh, I don't know, like just kind of sitting there not, you know, posting anything new and kind of, I hate to say relevant in the world of Instagram users, you know what I mean? But people like to see pictures, but I'm the same way. I don't like to see, you know, a whole role. Yeah, yeah. I, I get that as well because I I don't develop my own film, so sometimes I can get you know uh, two but two two you know rolls of film back in one day, and you know am I going to spend uh, you know it could be if especially if it's thirty five mil, you know you get seventy two photos come in from the lab, and then you've got seventy two weeks. <laughs> yeah, well the, I didn't say they're all good ones. You know, at, at, yeah, out of, at, yeah, out of a <laughs> roll of thirty six, I might post five to Instagram over a period of a week or something like that, or or, or longer. That's about what i do though i mean honestly that's kind of the same way yeah and i think that 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 helps for me as well so i mean i agree with the sentiments you've both been saying i mean i just got a a roll back just this evening actually so i I just pinged you on our little skype uh, chat here you know a a photograph of graham standing under a sign that says film forever which i took on my little 110 camera uh the whenever it was we went to see that eggleston exhibition um so uh yeah but it's things like that it's nice to have them come back but i don't think it's nice necessarily to foist them on everybody else as in one go right. i think you need you know and it, it's it, it's not the it's not the pattern i choose to use for for my photos either no i think particularly for, because instagram is i think a social network more than a photo i mean it's a ridiculous distinction but compared to something like Flickr where I think you can just you can dump stuff up on Flickr till the cows come home to a certain extent because people you do not look at Flickr in the same way. Um, I use Flickr. Well, we all use Flickr. Uh, actually, Corey, do you use Flickr? I do not Flickr. Okay. Graham. Okay. Well, I do not um, Flickr. We 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 we've got the group on there, and I've used Flickr for years now, um, and it's great because you can put bigger images on there, and um, you know there are the groups and stuff. But I've never. I've never particularly clicked with the social side on there. I find it just hard work um, and it's sluggish and it's slower. But um, because right. of that, I, I never worry too much about putting pictures up on there. And also I find Flickr is quite a good um, storage base. So I, I, I don't, I don't certainly don't dump all my photos up on there, but I might, if I get 
a roll of film come back and you know there's maybe five or ten pictures from there that i think oh well let's go with five that i want to share <laughs> over the coming week i'll put them onto Flickr. Right, because I, then it's easier for me to share them from Flickr to other things. Yeah, I mean, I do that. I put most of my film stuff up to Flickr, but I put it um, private so nobody can see it. And then there's what, yeah. Then I, I, you know, when there's something I want to post on Flickr, it's already there, and I just change its status to to visible, publicly visible. Um, and then by, right. by that way, it forms some level of uh, of archive for me as well. If if uh, other things don't work, if all my other yeah. backup strategies don't work, then maybe Flickr will have some of my photos. But yeah, okay. So um, yeah, all good, interesting stuff. And uh, as you said, uh, Graham, you're accusing me of uh, being anti-selfie on Instagram uh, <laughs> at the same time as we are running... <laughs> A selfie project that has an Instagram component to it. Um, you know, it's, uh, I, I don't feel any contradiction personally in that, but do you want to give us an update on the hashtag Sunny16Selfie? Oh, we've had some good ones this week, Aid. We've had some very good ones. Uh, Bill Owens, uh, who is now, I'm going to say, Bill Owens is a member of the team now because he's doing our show notes for us because he's just so much better at it than I was. Um, if you have not taken the time to go to the Pixelate Photographer Forums and uh, have a look at the show notes there in the past, that's fine. But now go and have a look because the amount of information there that Bill finds is incredible. He put up um, this really, I, I really like the meta nature of this selfie because the most common selfie you will see of a photographer is a picture of the photographer in the mirror with the camera up to his face i'm looking at that right now and what bill did was he took a picture with the camera on the tripod put himself in front of it obviously but then put another camera up to his face <laughs> so I, I just love it and i really like the picture but it's a really well constructed image anyway but just the fact that he sort of took this second level meta photographer selfie is great um and he also took another picture of himself in the revolving door, um, which uh, was also very cool, but not as cool as his nicely, properly shot one. Where is, um, he, sitting in? Where is, where is he sitting in? Is he sitting at like a counter maybe? Yeah, it looks like it, doesn't it? It looks like he's shooting down a counter. I like I like the big white space there. I like the uh, the negative space or whatever it's called. Um, oh, yeah, I like that shot a lot. Yeah, it's um, Well shot and well exposed. Um, good job, Bill. Yeah, good job, Bill. Um well Neil Piper last week, I think, picked up some elderly folding camera. I think it's a particularly vintage folding camera from a flea market or something somewhere for about two quid. And he's been testing out rolls of film with that. And so he's taken a couple of selfies with his folding camera, which are pretty natty. They've got a bit of a light leak coming through there. And I like the fact that he's obviously trying to hold it as far away as possible from him. So he's got that slightly surprised look on his face that a lot of people have when they're trying to do that because it's quite an awkward position holding mm. a camera at arm's length. Um, but they're very good. Cole, uh, CD Miller Photos, Obi Cole Kenobi, he uh, put up on Instagram a very nicely shot, very nicely lit. He's clearly going down the same school as you did of um, doing some really good work with his. Uh, I think Yong Yong Yo, um, Yong. Um, no, no, no. That's what I said. Um, <laughs> okay. uh, I, I heard it different. No. <laughs> um, he's also rocking the hipster vibe because he's got his hat on, but yeah, really beautifully lit shot. Um, very moody, and yeah, yeah call it like you, Aid, is uh, one of these people who's much, much better at lighting and um, that kind of thing than I am. So that was great. Um, 
there was also one I think just from the last which I forgot to mention which I I'd I love it it's a photo by Matt Melcher and um, I can't remember which camera he was using. Oh, I, I do remember. I think it was the Minolta Weathermatic, mm. <laughs> the, the camera we talked about earlier. And he wanted to test that if it was still waterproof. So he put it in his dog's water bowl and shot oh. it upwards and got a selfie. So that was great. I, I love that. And it's a really cracking picture as well. So um, are, are they using the hashtag? Because I'm looking at the hashtag and I, I don't see those pictures. No, not all um, of them have, actually. Because um, yeah. uh, some of them I don't think were aware of it. So. Because so, uh, <laughs> eight came up with the selfie halfway through the project, so mm-hmm. you know what you're gonna do. What you gonna do? <laughs> we'll have to have a ra- we'll have to have a round two or something. I think we need to show some level of improvement in, in the selfies we take if we're really going to claim this back as an art form. <laughs> you know, I feel confident anyway, Corey. I feel confident that the Bill Owens will make sure that there's a link to every one of those pictures in the show notes because he's a legend. <laughs> right. Everything we talk about just appears there. I mean, he just hunts it down. He's like a bloodhound. If ever you have a missing person, call Bill Owens. Bill he Owens. will find them. I think it might be Liam Neeson. He will find. He has a very particular set of skills. Um, so that's my theory anyway um i think that was everybody on the list wasn't it Aid? i've not forgotten anybody have i uh we well, might oh, have forgotten our one. guest you might have forgotten our guest <laughs> no no yeah. no we, we already talked about Corey's awesome pep you know the, the other one um from this week um uh was one i saw a couple of weeks ago but i forgot to mention because he's barely in it alex purcell um who takes some great shots and uh has been doing all sorts of interesting stuff lately and we talked about him doing his pinhole of horses a little while ago and he took a pinhole picture of himself whilst he was having an eight by 10 portrait of himself made. I saw the portrait, he put the portrait his friend took of him uh, up on Instagram and it was great, really awesome portrait. And so he had the pinhole camera set up whilst this was going on because it was indoors. And so you could, he's like a phantom blur somewhere in the picture, but the thought was definitely there. So good job. Good job. <laughs> cool all right well i guess that's a nice little segue into the the standard weekly shout outs uh and you know you, usually this is where graham and i uh choose uh to to give some shout outs to people that have impressed us on the internet or people we've been, whose work has impressed us or, or people we've been speaking to and made connections with um you know but Corey, uh you know as our guest would you like to go first on this anybody you'd like to give a shout out to um, yes, hey, thank you. I have a few. I really like what um, Florin Tintin. Are you guys familiar with, with them? With no, no. He no. or she, I do not know if it's a he or she, uh, but it's Flor, F-L-O-R-I-N-T-I-N-T-I-N. And um, this person does, uh, it's Polaroids actually, but they're like, uh, it's almost like they're trying to do Polaroid transfers, but they get all kind of like crinkly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just really cool. I really like all of them. They're always kind of just really. Uh, I'm unique. looking at those now. Actually, they're 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 really abstract images, aren't they? Looks like yeah, it, weird. Yeah, it looks like they've been shot on the uh, the Impossible film with mm-hmm. the, the the circular Impossible film. I think so. I don't know, but they look just really cool. I really, I like. I'm always, I'm always enjoyed to see the, whatever they're posting because it always comes up pretty good. And um, you guys know uh, beer bombs pinhole? No, no, this is another new one. Really? Oh, we're so busy after the show. B i e r b a u m s underscore pinhole. Um, 
and uh, he always does multiple exposures. Uh, and he does them kind of like how I like to do them, where he takes the image, and then it looks like he just takes his camera and just flips it upside down and takes another, the same exact exposure. Uh, mm-hmm. So everything is like mirrored up and down, uh, which is what I like to do. I like to take a picture of one and just turn it five degrees and take another picture, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and and all the guys that you always mention, are they're always good. C.D. Miller, those two are the ones that really uh, have really there's, stood out. There's one guy who, I don't know, I always see you commenting on this post, and I always see and I'm going to, it's three-eyed, what is it? I'm sure you'll probably remember better than I. Because I wonder whether he's a guy who's vaguely local to you, actually. Oh, the three eyed, three eyed monster. Yes. Yeah, I, 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 I'm sure he doesn't listen to this show, but um, I, I love seeing his. He will be, because he, um, I love the fact that he just has his pinhole camera with him everywhere, and he's like, I'm I'm eating my coffee, I'm taking a pinhole. Uh, It's great. Just such a casual approach to pinhole photography. I think it's wonderful. He contacted me about uh, my six by six camera that I got from James, and uh, I spoke about it so highly. He you know, ordered his own and um he's shoot, he's shooting with that one now too. I think he has that in an Andu. Yeah, yeah. Deep yeah, and that's uh yeah. and he and he likes it. And that's what and that's what I one of the things I said about it that he liked it was I said it's so portable and you can carry it with you everywhere. Yeah, he really does. I I love that. I just I, I just love his real casual snapshot yeah. approach to pinhole. It's like, yeah, just gonna take it with me everywhere. I'm just gonna use it everywhere and that's great. And it's yep. So th- those are my two. Floor, floor and ten, ten, and um, what was the other one I said? Beer, beer, beer bomb, beer bows, pinhole. Yeah, I'm just actually the the the, the second one of those beer bombs pinhole. Uh, I'm just looking at one now, which is uh, it's a double exposure, and one of the exposures is of, is of a a I, I guess I would think of it as a stereotype stereotypical american church in a field yeah a white church in a field and the the second exposure is of a radio telescope dish so it's like Mm -hmm. the church has a massive radio telescope that is that it is it's cool and it's very very cool indeed actually he's he's always putting out some some cool stuff I, i really dig it i really like the i really like it it's cool excellent okay all great so uh graham how about your shout outs yeah, I just um, I want to give a shout out to somebody who uh, I have been aware of for actually years at this point because I think I first uh, this will date it significantly. I came across his work on Google Plus when Google Plus was still a thing. Um, <laughs> was Google Plus ever is, a thing? Uh, I, there was a brief five minutes. <laughs> According <laughs> um, to Graham, it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, and then I lost interest, and then I think it died probably just because I lost interest. Mm. Um, But the guy's name is Kelly Shane Fuller, um, whose Instagram handle is Piratology Studios. And I was actually really pleased to just find him on here. The reason you should check out this guy's stuff is because he's basically like the nutty professor of photography. He gets into things in a way that nobody in their right mind should be doing uh, when i used to see his stuff on google plus he was doing a lot of um uh wet plate stuff at the time i think um and tin types and stuff like that and you know, really messing around with that stuff more recently he has been developing in color kodachrome um Ooh. now for anybody who is not familiar with kodachrome that is a um, film which you, you can't develop color anymore. The process yeah. 
does not exist. The chemicals do not exist. And even when it did, it was an incredibly complex way thing to do. And he has been figuring out a way to do this. And I listened to, uh, I think it was the Classic Camera Revival podcast where they um, went down and had a chat with him about it. And the process just sounds insane. So difficult. You're having to you know, develop the, the thing in different colours. different. Oh my God, it just sounded bonkers. Just so much effort but he's actually getting there with it um and so that's great he's also been recently been putting stuff on his instagram feed where i think he's shooting with these super old cine cameras uh 35 millimeter and 60 millimeter and splicing film together and doing all sorts of stuff so he's shared a few films that look so old-fashioned like kind of laurel and hardy kind of level of um film quality and stuff and um but yeah he's well worth following just because you never know what he's gonna get into his head that he's gonna do next and the, the kodachrome stuff in particular i just find particularly amazing because that is a process that by all rights nobody should be able to do that anymore and yet somehow he's managed to pull color images out of kodachrome so you reckon uh, he's using doing it with urine no, <laughs> well, maybe nothing would surprise me, but yeah, he he's great, and and he does take lots of other cool pictures as well. He does lots of, sort of cool noir stuff and all sorts of stuff. But awesome. yeah, check him out if you want to find something a bit different, a bit interesting. All right, cool. Yeah, excellent. I think that's that's about it on the shout outs because uh, I've had a, a week where I have been very quiet on the social networks in terms of who, uh, new people I've found or have been speaking to. So uh, uh, I don't have anything really to share. So it's a good job we got Corey here because otherwise it'd be a hey. bit of a dull short shout out <laughs> section. <laughs> Okay, so you're uh, welcome, mate. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so the which is a good opportunity uh, to to start to wrap this up, actually. And uh, I just like to say, uh, Corey, uh, thank you very much. Uh, you're it's welcome. been great to have you on the show. Um, uh, where on the where, apart from you know the the pinhole Canon account on Instagram, which we talked about uh, at some length <laughs> this evening, um, where else on the internet uh, would people find your work? Um, that, that one is, uh, the main one really. My, my other website is ccannonphoto.com and it's, uh, more just landscapes and traditional type of portraits and, uh, it's in the building phases right now. So there's a little bit of stuff on it, but, um, that's the best way to get in touch with me and check anything out. All right, well, as for the Sunny 16 podcast on the internet, of course you can find Graham on Instagram and me on the Twitters. Uh, yeah, we'd always like to say thank you to Chris and mention that actually uh, pixelatedphotographer.com, uh, where Chris's website, which hosts the podcast, also hosts the longer form conversations uh, there is a sunny 16 selfie thread on pixelated and uh, there are lots of photos posted there as well and it's great to see the people who are listening to the podcast and have found us through the podcast joining those forums and joining in the conversation so thanks to chris thanks of course to bill as well our newest team member uh, who is now uh, very definitely chief of the show notes and an excellent job he's doing too uh, and of course uh, kevin mcleod uh, who's music we use uh, honeybee is the name of the tune and that's available through a creative commons license along with a whole host of other stuff at incompetech.com 
which brings us ever so finally to the the riskiest question I ask every week, which is, Graham, have we had any iTunes reviews? <laughs> oh, oh, God, dude. there was so many, so many that I just cannot remember any individual runs. Uh, no, zero, none, zip, none, nout. Time to create Sorry, another God. spoof email address then, I suppose. Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay all right brilliant well thanks everybody for listening this week uh thanks again to Corey for being our guest and we will speak to you soon uh cheers and goodbye take it easy bye goodbye adios ciao I'm going to refill my vodka glass. That's right, isn't it? That's why the vodka's kicked in. That's the problem. Uh, I wish I had a vodka. It's fudge vodka as well. It's great. Fudge vodka. Fudge vodka? <laughs> yeah, fudge flavoured vodka. Why are you drinking fudge, fudge vodka, vodka and not a cup of tea? Somebody gave it to me, so I was like, well... <laughs>